Hello guys, my name is Michael Kai. So welcome to my podcast, first ever in the history. And please, here is the first ever guest of my podcast. His name's Tommy Tutalo. He's from New York. He's a self-published author and uh, also a soccer coach uh, after being a, a fantastic uh, football soccer player. Uh, he's also a screenwriter, a content writer, a copywriter, a visual artist, and most importantly, tell me if I'm wrong, Tommy, you are really a spiritual uh, uh, artist, writer, author who is living an adventure because I've been around your first uh, uh, novel called Esperanza. Then I've been also uh, having a look at the, your second uh, uh, indie author way, the, an indie author way in 2019, so two years after uh, Esperanza. Then now, last June, you just published the uh, Modest Marine because of your uncle history bio, biography. Um, so is, are you okay with what I just say now as an introduction? No, you did very well. Um, I'm actually, I'm from New Jersey. I live right outside of New York. Right. And Modest Marines got my grandfather during World War II, but everything, perfect. Yep. Great. So I now will, uh, because don't forget, I am not born, but I've been living the 30 past years of mine in the football, let's say, because you're, you're in New York, in the soccer industry. So... I will start with, tell me more about, you've been a great player in the New Jersey area and at a young age. And uh, in your view, I, I have seen that you've been the winner of the 2001 National Third Division Championship in USA. So, and you did it with the, the, the Richard Stockton College. So you, you tell me more about it. So you, you were a great player. So I want to know as if I was a, you know, like you're talking to start with to the manager I am. So if you, if, if I want to bring you, uh, let's say 20 years, 20 years back as a player, you were playing one game. That's absolutely correct. Soccer's part of me. It's part of my life. I've been playing since I was five years old. Very, very passionate about the sport. And, you know, later on we'll get into this, but my background in soccer is actually what prepared me for this writer's path and journey that I'm currently on. So we can get into that later. And the combination of my two passions, which are athletics, soccer, and the arts. And it all started when I was a young boy. Um, grew up in New Jersey, North Jersey. We come from a hardworking blue collar family and, yeah. you know, was very interested in athletics and the arts, you know, played every sport, you know, soccer, basketball, baseball, little street hockey, but yeah. soccer, was like the one, soccer was the one I connected with the most. I just felt passionate about it and just naturally just was good at it. And as the years gone by, I'd say when I was, a young teenager, middle school years, is when I really, you know, decided this is what I want to do with my life. I want to play professional soccer. World Cup 94 in USA really inspired me. Um, wow. 
remember watching every single game, you know, being Italian, rooting for Italy. Very huge Roberto Baggio fan. I'm sure you remember Baggio. Yeah. Excellent yeah. player. I try to emulate his style, how he played. Um, you know, I was small. I'm a small guy. About 5'5", 140 pounds. And, you know, offensive player. Forward, midfielder. Number, number 10. You were number 10. For my club team, I was number 10. Yes. Uh, you know, usually the number 10 are not only the best players, but they also have the charisma usually as a star, you know, of a star. Uh, so meaning that, and it, this is, this is my, um, my journey, every number 10 have, have to be the best player of their team, obviously, as a, a football uh, 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 way of play. But more than that, they were recognized by the teammates as the best player, which is very difficult to accomplish because you have to be accepted in the locker room. Yes, we agree with the coach. We agree with life. You're the best. So here is the number 10. So what is it, was it your journey? No, you're absolutely right. There's something magical about that. Wearing that number 10 jersey. Um, I didn't start wearing it until I was in high school playing for my club team in high school, which makes sense because that's when I really developed my skills and became sort of sure. that leader on the field and started, you know, developing my leadership skills. Um, being very quiet, shy, shy person that I am, um, I spoke more with my actions and people looked up to me and respected me for being a hard worker, not complaining on the field and just playing the game. And, you know, I, my work ethic speaks for itself. I, you know, it's middle school, you know, throughout my high school career. My work ethic was every day I ate, slept, played soccer. Every day I put two to four hours a day, you know, juggling, you know, dribbling the ball on my own, practicing, right. watching games, trying to like mimic what the professional players were doing at the time. And that really, you know, helped me become the player that I became. You know, I'm very fortunate. I played with excellent players during my club years and my high school years. I uh, played yeah. with very top players in New Jersey, um, on my team and against players. Um, you know, I played against semi-pros and professionals. I played against Aleko Escadarian, very prominent player from New Jersey. So I was fortunate to play against players like that and alongside players like that growing up. Um, yeah, I was yeah. very well decorated as far as accolades in high school. Offensive player of the year in Essex County, New Jersey. Um, Wow. Recognized one of the top players in the state. And, you know, all that work I put in for those years in middle school and high school paid off because when I was ready to go off to college, colleges were sending me letters and law colleges were interested. And as fate would have it, very interesting, Richard Stockton College, which is in South Jersey, a small state school that I've never heard of before, sent me a letter. And it was actually my parents who were like, we're going to visit the school. They sent you a letter to play soccer. They're interested. It's a state school. Let's take a look at it. And, wow. you know, long story short, I connected with the coach and I ended up going to Stockton to play soccer. And that's where the next phase of my soccer career began. But also it's where it ended, unfortunately. But it was the beginning of my life as an artist and independent writer. So when I add, yeah. add you know, add, 
So it, it, it ended uh, while just after you have won the title. Uh, if I if I if I have checked uh, your, your your bio, so when when you have, I mean, it's like life has given you a soccer high-profile journey up to win the title, and that title was like a reward to you uh, from life, telling you now you start something else. <laughs> is that yeah, it? No, that's that's correct, and it's funny how life is like that. It takes you from yeah one field, one skill, and then just like that, it can all end, and you sometimes feel lost. But then you realize, wait a minute, all the years I put into this one craft, this one skill, actually has yeah. prepared me for the next phase of my life. So Stockton College, um, everyone on that team was from New Jersey. I love all the guys I played with, past, present. Coach was a huge mentor in my life. Hainsey um, taught me and the other players a lot about, you know, work ethic, believing in yourself, what it takes to be successful, not only as a player, but as a team, which is very important. Yeah. We're all in it yeah. together. He, he never favored anyone. Um, you can write a, you, there could be a movie about the season we won the national championship with everything going on during that season. You know, the good, the bad, of it all, but we persisted and paved the way and, you know, turned out for the better. Um, prior to playing for them, the coach was brand new. Uh. His first season were with a group of players that he was using to build the program with. And they ended up going to what's called the Final Four in the NCAA college tournament prior to me arriving there. And I was one of the new recruits that was supposed to help them get to the next level to win a championship. Um, I see. Years later, after arriving at Stockton, we ended up making it to the national championship final and winning it. And then I guess you could say this is where my downfall began because as a young player, you get a lot of playing time, but then little by little distractions and just, I didn't have the right mindset and yeah. you know, I wasn't playing as well as I used to. Plus, you know, the reality was I was playing now with a bunch of great players. It wasn't just me, the only <clears throat> best player yeah. on the team. I was playing with, you know, great players and, you know, they're battling with them every day and the reality of, you know, yeah. I have seen it. Very uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about because I had a journey in USA uh, for three years. I have uh, developed uh, with my friend uh, Sébastien Letou, that is an MLS All-Star in 2010. You know, he, he lives now in Philadelphia, but uh, he started in USA with me and uh, Adrian Hanauer, the uh, owner of the uh, Seattle Sanders. And uh, uh, I have learned there because I've created with Sebastien what I call what we call the French Soccer Academy in 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 the in the Seattle Puget Sound uh, area, and um, I have been uh, seen I have seen lots of players like you having a great game in the high school, uh, uh, great work ethic, uh, great technique, very learning. I mean very capable to learn tactics and then they go in the in the college teams and after that nothing's possible anymore it's like 
they have been uh, very motivated to learn, to work, to be ready for the high level even to come and play in Europe. But after the college, for some reason, it's too late to start a professional life in soccer, right? And after the college, even if you're good in USA, very few players go in the MLS, very few. Yeah, so no, I don't, that's, that's I mean, why, why is this like this in USA, do you think? First of all, soccer is not the dominant sport in USA. Ah, yeah. When I was in college, MLS just started. It was in its infancy. You know, there weren't too many teams and it wasn't really as a professional player, like someplace to really like, you could use it to build your career off of, but it wasn't like playing in Europe or South America, yeah. big club teams. You know, it was different back then. And around the time I finished college was when each professional team started making their own academy teams and emulating what Europe does and how they breed players from a young age and they bring them into the academy and groom them to be professionals. USA, yeah. it's, it's, it's a pot of all different talents and, you know, all thrown into the mix. And I guess one of the things with me at college, I was from North Jersey, one of the few guys, and, you know, like with other regions of the world, there's different soccer styles. And, you know, I didn't have that same style that the college was. And it was, you know, it was difficult for me to adjust to that, make the adjustments. And like I said before, yeah. the mental fitness, just, you know, it wasn't there at that age. I was a young player and just wasn't yeah. there. But what I can say is it really helped me develop my mental toughness and fitness for the next phase of my life, which is writing. Because everything I learned from college soccer, my coach, the other players, you know, the work ethic, being mentally tough, physically fit, and all that really helped me with, you know, writing and the arts. Mm. And you, learn from, you learn from your failures. And then, you know, not being able to go from winning a national championship to go play professional soccer, you know, I guess you could say it's a failure, but you know, I build off of that. You move on. Yes. You go through a yes. period of your know, reality hitting you and it's like, it sucks and you're depressed at times. But then once you get past that dark moment in your life, you realize, you know, I got all this from soccer, but to utilize it now into the next path of my life. So very fortunate, grateful to have coach that I had, players that I played with and the experience you know, that I had of winning such a prestigious award as a national championship. Um, in USA, it's, as a college athlete, you only get four years to win a national championship. That's it, four years. There's professional athletes that play in the NBA, NFL, and you know, they may win the championship professionally, but they always look back at their college years and, you know, they, wish they had the opportunity or were able to win. So yeah. you only get four I years fortunate to play on a team where we, you know, we won. So I got the ring and everything and, you know, it shows what hard work ethic can do. Yeah. So well, and, you were, yeah. you were already um, uh, studying arts, history of arts at college while playing in, 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 in the college soccer team, right? So it's like, I, 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 I'm very interested to know because this is what I have discovered too, helping some players in Europe to succeed and to win championships also. 
I have noticed exactly what you said, what you, what you just said. So what they have, but, but in, in, the, in the opposite way. So the one players that have been helping and, and, and have become the best players in their league, like MVP players, all-stars, winner in the league, of the League One in France, of the Premier League in Europe, was those players, not the most talented, but the players who were having the work ethic, that humility to learn more and to think about how to help others. And you, apparently, you've been learning that in soccer and to develop yourself as a success in the writing, in the author, uh, uh, independent author. So tell me, what, what was the transition like because you had to start a professional journey then. So how did you start to really enjoy your time and use your background through soccer? How, how did you bring it uh, to, to, to develop your arts, your authorship? Well, as I said before, after my four years of playing college soccer, there was this, I guess you'd call it the, the dark period, the transition period where, what do I do now? I put everything into soccer. And yeah, now that's I'm it. Left with, you know, no more soccer. It's gone. This is it. Not playing professionally and that's out the window. So now I have my college education. I originally went to school um, without a major. Two years into I, I declared graphic designs my major, but then after finishing four years, I ended up switching majors because, you know, for me, I can do everything with my hands, paint, draw, sketch, but the technology wasn't what it was now. And it was, you know, it was frustrating for me. I look back on those years and I'm like, what was yeah. I should have, should have finished. But that's something for me now, another goal is to finish that graphic design degree. Um, so I switched oh. to art history, which made sense because I love the arts and I love history. And it's funny because art history actually led me on this journey of educating myself about different cultures, you know, different topics, and reading a lot more than what I used to read. And, you know, I was doing a lot of art during this time too. I was painting, playing around with photography, still drawing, you know, still messing around with the graphic arts, and writing was something I never in my life would have imagined doing. If you ask me as a young student and you told me you're going to be a writer of like you're 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 crazy you're you know effing crazy excuse my language but yeah it was something i never imagined doing but going through this transition period there was something about writing that really like it was kind of therapeutic i would write in journals my thoughts my ideas you know my goals my dreams and i build off of that it started out as just thoughts and goals then I led into a little poetry, a little songwriting. And then after graduating college, you know, I'm a huge lover of film. And I said, you know what? Maybe I can take my writing into the film industry. So I <clears throat> began the journey as a writer to get to the point where I can have screenplays and make my own films. Yeah. And, you know. But you, I'm you, not you did. Done with my, not done with my journey yet because I'm writing now, I'm published. The next phase for me, I'm not there yet, but it's filmmaking. So I began this writing journey not knowing 
where it was going to go, what was going to happen. Um, my first novel, Esperanza, actually began as a short story. Started off with the two main, or two of the main characters, Dante, who was a struggling artist trying to make it in the world, kind of emulated me at the time, as writers do, you kind of emulate life in some way. And I just thought of scenarios. What could be the worst thing for this guy? He's already going through hell trying to make it as an artist. So I thought, well, what if he ends up with like a child he has to take care of? So I threw a child into the mix that he has to take care of. Short stories, probably like five to 10 pages. Didn't think much of it. Wow. Um, this was in the beginning of 2007. And, you know, I had other short stories that I wrote and I was just focused on short stories. Then during this time, the illegal immigration issue in USA, the Mexican border was very, it was a very, very big topic between the illegal immigrants coming over, you know, the drug trafficking and, you know, there was a huge humanitarian issue that was being talked about all the time. And that was, you know, always on my mind, always thinking about yeah. that. And, you know, I grew up in an area in New Jersey where we have, it's like, I call it the center of the world. You got people from all over the world in North Jersey, yeah. New York City. So I, I grew up in a melting pot. I grew up, you know, with, you know, African-Americans, Latinos, Asians, people from all different cultures, backgrounds, and races. So I, I really am fortunate growing up in that setting because that's how we live now. And yeah. I was friends with the new people who were Latin, who came into USA legally and illegally, and, you know, spoke, got some stories from some of them some ideas in my head you know my love of film and drug trafficking films and you know those type of films flew in my mind and then the idea came well maybe the child's mother is from mexico she's illegal she gets caught up with the crime syndicate and maybe that past comes back to haunt her takes her away from the child now the guy dante is left with the child what's he going to do and now he has something to do with her bring the girl back to the mother yeah. That's how I, you know, that's basically in a nutshell how the full idea of what the story Esperanza is came to be. Started writing it June 2007, finished the rough draft August 2007, sat on that draft for a year, one year, not wow. knowing what to do with it. I actually wrote my first screenplay after that. And then after revisiting Esperanza a year later, I began my 10-year journey writing my first novel and growing as a writer, writing, you know, during that duration of time, I, I worked on other projects, you know, outlines for stories, a couple rough drafts for other books that I'm finally in the final stages of publishing and screenplays. So yeah, anything wow. you want to ask based on, based on that? So talking about Esperanza, because this is 10 years of your life plus one year writing it, which is amazing because you only published it in 2017. Huh? Right. Yep. So I, 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 I'd like to know because I have lived pretty much that kind of journey, 10 years waiting for me doing what I'm doing now. It's 10 years I've written the whole mission of mine because of the football knowledge, because of the educational knowledge of mine and everything, even the healing knowledge. And guess what? You're telling me that you've written that in 2007 and you published it in 2017. So it means that you've nurtured it 
but let's say you, I'm really interested to know what you have been developing on yourself to make it published during those 10 years. Because I know that what you've written already in 2007 was good, already, was really fantastic already. But then the journey of 10 years of personal growth, you know, to make it happen as a, like a baby, right? Can you tell me about that journey, please? Yeah, um, I'm the type of person who just dives headfirst into the deep end. I'm not tippy-toeing down the steps. I just dove right in. I don't know, I didn't know where the hell I was gonna end up, what, what was gonna happen with my life. I'm just always had that, I guess, um, imagination and adventurous spirit within me to just, just, just go, just do it. And, you know, I took this journey, you know, I've worked full-time as a soccer coach, worked in the education system with special needs students to support myself. And I have a very loving family that supported me when needed and, you know, still do to this day when needed. And it just, as you said, you grow. It's a learning process. You grow. Yeah. Now, if you, you, if you, you told me when I, if you told me when I began that, you know, Tommy, <laughs> it's going to take you 10 years to write this thing. And then that's when you'll publish it, but you're not done then. Now you got to market it. You got to sell it to make a living out of it. I would have said, you're crazy. I'm not going to do this. It's, it's, you're nuts. Yeah. But I yeah. learned so much. The important thing I really learned is patience is key. I'm a big believer in this. Many people may oh, disagree yes. with me, but if you want to excel and succeed at something, it's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen in a month, not in a year, not in two, maybe not even four years. It's going to take lots of time and patience. Yeah. And I, I hate this whole age um, window game that people throw around a lot. If you don't, if you don't start a business by the time you're 30, then forget about it. If you, if you're in your thirties or in your forties, you're wasting your time, you know, trying to write a book or make a movie or, you know, start a business. You're too old. You have a family, you have kids to take care of. Don't let, your dreams interfere with reality. Well, I, I don't believe in that. I believe we live in a time where age is just a number. Um, life expectancy is, you know, you could, people are living longer. Yes, yeah. you know, those who take care of themselves physically and mentally are able to. And I'm, I'm believing, I'm a believer in seeing this, that there's the first generation that's really grasping this idea and this concept is my parents' generation, baby boomers, the hippie generation. They're retired now, and you're seeing a lot of them going back into the workforce, a lot of them revisiting their dreams. They're old. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You can excel when you're 70, 80. You know, some people may disagree with that and say, oh, well, you know, you're going to be too old. Do it now, 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 everyone now. We live in this culture in America where everyone wants it now, now, now. Give it to me now. I want to see it now. Take action. And one thing I really started falling into well, it's interesting where I say what I fell into. As I was saying before, when I was on this writing journey, I've read a lot and discovered a lot of things from the books I read and, you know, different investigative journalists and lecturers that I listened to and read. Um, we're all on spiritual journeys. We're all connected. Um, yeah. Consciousness for human beings. There's this mystical energy field that we're all connected to. Okay. And there's different ways of pursuing life. 
and believing in yourself, not giving up. And, you know, that spirituality of just knowing, like, I'm consciousness. Like, you can't be fearful what others think. Um, that's the greatest prison anyone can be in, is worrying about yeah. what other people think. Now, it's interesting because I was reading about this stuff in college. Before I discovered these entrepreneurs or these gurus, business gurus, or I'm not going to drop names, but I think we all know who they are. We see them all the time talking about this stuff. And it was my wife, who I'm very, very fortunate to have come into my life, fall in love with and, you know, marry and have children with, who she comes from that business mindset world. Now, this is, you know, worlds coming together. For me, in the beginning, it was the athletics, soccer coming together with the arts. Now I'm done with my writing journey or near the end. You got to think business now. And my wife came into my life and she was that business mindset that she brought that into my life. And it was funny because she was telling me about these people and her business knowledge and interest. And I'm like, whoa, this sounds like stuff I've read. So there's a connection between the two. There's definitely a yes, connection. Definitely. And I believe you, you have to be balanced. You have to be balanced. Yep. I mean, I, I know people from, you know, different walks of life, they get sucked into this label game. I'm a business person. I'm an athlete. I'm an artist. And they just associate with the look, you know, with the look, personality, yeah. who they associate with, this and that. I'm very open to just, you know, being free to, you know, I'll, I can honestly sit down with, you know, a child, a middle-aged person, and elderly person and be perfectly fine having a conversation with them. It's, it's cool. It's not I know yeah. some people may find it difficult talking with older people or talking with younger people. and It's not easy, but you learn from both. As a parent, I'm starting to learn this. You learn from children just as much as you learn from the elderly. Ooh, so yeah. this 10-year journey of writing, a lot of what I'm talking about now has now come into my life, if that makes sense the spiritual yeah. journey, the spiritual awakening, being aware of, you know, things going on in the world. Like right now, I don't want to get too much into the COVID-19 situation, but based on knowledge I've read and have gained, you know, don't take anything as it is. There's always something more to it. And yeah, it could be a tragedy or it's depressing. How can you use this to grow and do what you want to do and get better? I think a lot yeah, of us exactly. have awaken to that spirituality part within us this year. 2020 has been a very enriching year in my eyes. I don't know yeah. what your audience yeah. thinks or anyone else or I you, agree. but it's very I, enriching I, I agree. time. I agree. It's a very good time to be alive. I, I, I agree 100% with you and with your journey and the way you, 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 you see opportunities in time like today. I agree 100%. And there is something that I've noticed in your journey that is really, uh, I, I want to know more about it. Because I was thinking when I first went through your bio, your LinkedIn, your website, I was thinking that you were, I mean, that Esperanza was actually, could, could be only the writing of something you have lived with Gabriella, your wife, and, and, your, and, and your first child, and, and maybe. And the question I have now, having listened to you now, is it, is Esperanza, so you writing, put some anchor on the paper 
that may have created your life, your family, and what you're doing now? Very clever man. I like the way you think. Um, I believe thoughts manifest reality. And I joke with my wife about this because people listening, who, people listening who don't know who I am, don't know my story. The main character in my novel is Gabriela from Mexico. My wife is Gabriela from Mexico. Now, I created the character Gabriela in my mind yes. four, year, four, four years before meeting my wife. Four years before meeting my wife. And I'm a big believer Hi. what you focus on will attract. The universe will bring into you that person. And the universe must have been listening because I've been thinking about this character for four years. And the real Gabriela from Mexico came into my life. Now, is the Gabriella character the same personality as my wife? Absolutely not. They're different people. Uh, but the, the idea that a woman, Gabriella from Mexico, that I was writing about, a real woman, Gabriella from Mexico, came into my life, we fell in love, and now we have a family with two beautiful, intelligent young girls. So very young interesting. Girl. And going back very to all my studies and everything, I was, you know, I learned a lot about the mind and how it works and it's a very powerful weapon and the way the world is it's meant to suppress that weapon because positive energy positive influences positive you know what we take in makes you positive so think about it why every time we look out out and see the world there's negativity going on maybe there's something going on i don't know to keep people in that low vibrational field of energy yeah. And, you know, people need to realize no matter how tough things get, life and everything, which, you know, Esperanza will go back to that. This woman, her journey was, wow, dreadful. I dove into the darkest, hellish realms of humanity with this story based on things I learned from law enforcement, um, not only drug trafficking, but child trafficking and prostitution. And it, some of that's coming to light now. And it's interesting. I was writing about this 10 years ago about. You know, pedophilia, drug trafficking, um, human trafficking, which is a huge issue, which, you know, is slowly coming to the surface now. Do you, be, do you believe, do you, do you believe, so uh, me, I have asked you that question because I'm very aware because of my journey in football about health. And I have discovered that I was myself uh, protecting my players from injury and from end of career because when you're in, uh, in professional football industry if you're injured like a big injury it could be the end of your professional career right so I had to find a way helping my players who signed with me because of uh, my football knowledge starting 20 years ago I ended up to discover because of them and because of my business to find the best way to protect them from injury. And guess what? I have then discovered what you just talked about. I have discovered that everything is energy and that the mindset and the emotional stuff, something you've written, something you've dreamt, is going to happen for sure in your life. The only thing you don't know, it's when and how. So coming back to your journey, talking about Esperanza and now your family life, 
having a Gabriela, having two daughters, being very much aware now in 2020 that you, you have been creating it, obviously. It means that you can really create, and this is my next question, because you know now your power, what would you be if you had a magical stick like this and you have one? This is your pen, this is your writing, this is your movie making. What you want to create both in your artist professional journey and in your life, in your family life as a dream, what it, what it be, what it would be? Well, um, obvious thing for me is to take my writing career and be able to do it full time, make a living out of it. And, you know, the only way that works is, is support from an audience, people who are interested in me, my work and love my words and what I create. That support will enable me to do it full time. And uh, that's the new journey for me now that I you know, started a couple of years ago getting a feel for how to promote myself. Um, this podcast is my first podcast. I've never done this before, but I know doing this, I could be scared or whatever, but doing this is what I need to start doing. And I'm grateful and honored to be on here as the first guest because you know, my wish, my mind is, you know, expand my audience from here, you know, get more book sales. That's the reality of it. Can't make a living without book sales. And, you know, my goal for me is to continue writing novels do it full time. Screenplays, okay. take screenplays now and get into filmmaking and film, you know, start making my own films or I, I have no problem collaborating and just being a screenwriter and working with a director. That's fine with me. But, you know, eventually get into the film business, make movies, make film, but just have that lifestyle where I'm doing what I love to do. I can wake up, go to sleep whenever I want, and I can work from wherever I want in the world. That's my thoughts all the time, my philosophy. That's freedom to me is, I'll say it again, to wake up whenever I want, go to sleep whenever I want, and work from wherever I want in the world. So I can do what I love to do. And that, you know, reality, the financial abundance comes from what I create. I'm creating something. I'm sacrificing my life to create something to give. So you give, you receive. And that's the way I see it. And that's the reality is, you know, to make a living, you got to sell more books, you got to sell yourself. And that's my goal. Will that end for me? No, there's, there's always, my mind is restless. There's always ideas going through my mind. Um, ideal life for me is just live in a little villa on like a beach or in the middle of nowhere and I'll, I'll be happy. Okay. I don't need big extravagant things. My love and passion is to just be free as a human being, travel, be with those I love. And, you know, whatever I give out in the world, I wish that people get something out of it and they appreciate it, they love it, they can learn from it, they can grow from it, they can be entertained from it. And, you know, as an artist, you know, I have no problem. I, I have thoughts of getting into maybe architecture. I love the arts. I love buildings. I have Michelangelo, one of my favorite artists and I relate to him because I'm a Pisces like him and our birthdays are one day apart. Um, going back to all this esoteric knowledge, I'm very big into like astrology. Is it 100% accurate? No. Is it sort of a blueprint as to who we are and our connection with the cosmos and the stars and our personality? I, I believe so. And I think, yeah. you know, I've been studying this for quite some time and pick up on 
personalities and the way people are based on when they're born. And it's, it's very interesting concept. Can you change as a human being? Can I, you know, okay, can I learn the personality of someone who's not a Pisces or a water sign? Absolutely. That's always mutable. People are always able to, you know, grow. Um, one philosophy I'm big on is adaptability. I learned that in my days of soccer. My coach, Hainsey, very, you know, brilliant mind. And you have to adapt to the changes. Um, we would be playing one of the best teams in the league. Our best players will be hurt. Three of our best players are hurt. What, what, what can you do? Do you panic? Do you get all flustered? No. You adapt. Okay. Let's take what we have, make some adjustments here, some adjustments there. Maybe take a defensive player, move him up top. Maybe we need to defend high on this team. Start pressuring them early. Okay. We don't have, you know, our best attacking player. So maybe by putting that defender up top, pressure early in the game, that will help us out. And, you know, move players around where you think they will match up best against the opposing player. Maybe you have a, a left-footed player that plays on the left flank. He's excellent there, but he's matched up better against the left winger on the other team. So now you got to move him to the right side of the field because that's the better match. That's, you know... Yeah, soccer, yeah. I'm sure you understand, and there's a lot of things going through your head. You have to adapt to the changes and circumstances. And I'm a yeah. big, big you know, believer in that. So if you, if you, I, I'd like now that together we, we, we start a second part of of the interview because I we have all discovered every kind of pieces of the puzzle of your life already, you know? I have it in my mind because you say you're a writer, but you speak well too. And very clearly, even if I'm French, I have understood everything that you've said very well. So well done, thank you very much. But uh, 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 let's, let's start something like a game, you know? Not a football game, but a life game, a life professional game. We know, both of us know that everything that you've lived, even the meeting of us two today, is, has, is meant to be, right? And uh, everything is like that, interconnected. So if you look at your journey, and if I look at your journey so far, if you took every piece of the puzzle of your life, so the sucker as a player, mentored by a great coach, having won and discovered what make a team win a championship, then having discovered that what you've been uh, doing in art ended up to a novel written in 2007. So you're an artist, you're a creator, born like this because you were quite young. Then you also have that uh, patience that anger, that faith, that you know that everything is going to happen, you don't know when, and it's a great key, in my opinion, in life, because obviously you will end up like a, with Esperanza, with something that is done, created, published. So you have that tool too. And so if you put all together the writing, the movie, the um, 
you have also the marketing with Gabriela, your wife. So you've been learning along her with her journey with you uh, how to sell something, how to create marketing staff. Um, uh, then you're a soccer player, but also and still today a soccer coach. And now you meet me. And me, I, I don't know a lot of things, but I know about health and about football. Let's put it that way. I'm really good at those two things. And so to be good at those two things, I have discovered that I was quite discovering myself and passionate about it, helping a human being and his family to discover why they are born and why they are together to do what that is really special. So we, I believe that everybody is a star. So a star is someone that is able to connect to his soul and the universal soul every day with lots of freedom, as you said, being able to wake up when life is asking him to wake up, to go to sleep when life tells him you can go now, take care of her, his children when they ask him to take care of them, of them. So if you put all those qualities together, which are you as a human being, what would be the 10 years coming or the 20 years coming if you have a magical stick that you will create because you already created it from five years old to now, everything you've written, everything you've imagined, everything you've dreamt of is about to happen. So I'd like to know if you can, what it will be. Now, you, I agree 100% with everything you said, that connection with the cosmos, which makes sense why you see us all as stars because we come from the stars and we are connected to the source, that energy field. And that energy field flows through us, it flows through the earth and everyone else and through our minds and our thoughts. And as you said, you know, thinking about, all right, what's, what's gonna happen in the next few years, 10 years, um, you know, can't predict the future, but you can foresee it and have vision. As a soccer player, as you know, some of the best players have vision. Uh, Johan Cruyff was one of the great visionaries of the game. Brilliant mind in soccer. And he always discussed, you know, vision, having vision. And I've, I'm friends with players who play professionally and knew Johan Cruyff and have been able to gain knowledge from Cruyff through someone I know. And that idea of having vision. Everything in life, whatever you try to do, have that vision, okay? Try to foresee the path ahead. All of it, the good, the bad, the ugly of it. And not be afraid to go down either path. I think that's key to you know, the future and where you want to go. Me, where I am now in life, um, family, this is new to me. I'm you know, married seven years, two daughters. Um, every day is a growing and learning process as being you know, a husband and a father. So definitely on my list is to be the best husband and father I can be. Great, However, yeah. you know, that happens, it happens, you know, every day, you know, you try to get better. Do you fall back at times? Absolutely. That's life. Okay. There's no one in this life that's perfect. There's no perfect relationships, whether in the work field, professional field, in the home, you know, outside amongst peers, there's no, absolutely no, absolutely no um, um, perfect relationship. 
where we go to balance. That's what was on my mind right there. It needs to be balanced. I have a thing with balance. Um, people are good in the world. People are bad in the world. But I feel that the bad people have some good in them and the good people have some bad in them. So I always say, be weary of the ones who seem very good all the time with smiles all the time. There's a little bit of something's not right. But on the flip side, bad people, oh my God, this guy's evil, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you, you can't trust them. But somewhere deep inside, there's got to be some little bit you know, of good in them. That I believe. So you know, first thing for me is be the best husband, father I can be. Writing. Um, finish um, books that I worked on for the past 10 years. Finish those. That's first on my priority list is finish those books. Um, my second novel, which is going through the editing process now, The Mime, which you know, we can talk about that later if you want. That's going yeah. through the editing process. That's one of the books I wrote during that 10-year period that I'm trying to have completed by the end of this year to publish, if not early next year. And, you know, I got other two to four other novels that, you know, are on my priority list. And these couple screenplays that I have, once I finish the one I'm working on now, and the other one that I want to finish by the end of the year, then it's the next phase of my life, which is, I, I don't know, I'm going to dive in. Is the film industry. Who do I give my screenplay to? Who do I trust? Who do I partner up with? In my mind, I'm always imagining the type of person I'm going to be with and work with. And as we said before, you know, those thoughts you know, will attract the right pieces at the right moment in my life. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. You know? the, this higher creator, universe, whatever, if you stay grind, grounded, focused on what you want to do with your life, you will attract to you the pieces needed and they will be handed to you. You may be, yeah. something may be happening in your life and you know, oh my God, what's going on? This is terrible. But it's a piece of a puzzle that you can't see the big picture yet. That's a little piece of the puzzle. That may be the, the dark corner piece of the puzzle. But then as you get further down the road, and you live your life and you pursue whatever you're pursuing, you get the other piece of the puzzle that connects to that. And now, oh, that makes sense. This works. Now, now I understand why I went through this hell or this whatever to get here. And then you build off of those two pieces. Somewhere there's the other piece waiting or you find it. And, you know, with me, from getting into the film industry, you know, my desire is to now, you know, do this full time where I don't have to work in the school anymore. I don't have to coach soccer full time. I can do it for fun. I can do it because I enjoy teaching students, um, working with special needs people and students, um, coaching the beautiful game soccer and sharing my knowledge of the game for free because I, I love it. And by me being able to write full-time, make films full-time, that will enable me to use the other skills that I learn and share it to the world and you know, whoever comes into my life for free. And I think that's a so, big part of being human beings is we are creators who, you know, we're constantly learning. You know, the meaning of life, I, I, nobody knows what it is, but you know, my take on it is we're being tested. We're here to learn, having a human experience and, Whatever it may be, it's your experience, your learning. And then take what you learn, create something, and share it to others. So, I mean, that's my take on it. So, you know, once again, if I'm dragging or going on too much. 
So with, with your, so I, I, I will focus now on the, the idea that you really want to realize now is really uh, the filming stuff and the writing stuff. So you want to make a, 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 a good business of and be free doing movies and uh, uh, books, right? So if you, now the question I have is, uh, talking about books and movies that can go together, in my opinion. You can write something that you will film, ideally, right? So what would be, if it's already written, you can talk about it. <laughs> what, I, I, yep. what will be the purpose of it and what do you want to change in that world with your book, next book and your next movies, please? I'm really interested to know that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Esperanza, last year I finished my screenplay, adapted screenplay of Esperanza. Wow. Personally, you know, it's an accomplishment. I shared it with a few people. Some people showed some interest. Nothing became of it, but, you know, it's a, it's a baby step. It's okay. My feelings are not hurt. But what it, the realization came to me was, you know what? This story is too big to be squeezed into a two-hour movie. So, you know, the, one of the things I want to start doing maybe by the end of this year is adapting it into maybe a television series because I believe this is a story that can be stretched out over, you know, a few seasons on a television show. And there's so many characters and subplots and stories that, all right, we can now with a TV series you can go down those avenues where with a two-hour movie, you got the small window, squeeze everything in, it will not do the story justice. You know, I'm proud that I finished the screenplay and wrote it. I'm very proud and happy I did that. It took a lot of work to, you know, take pieces, you know, from the story. All right, what do I keep? What do I not use? Add some new things to the story to make it work on film because the film's more visual. So, you know, you can't use everything from the book and the film and vice versa and yeah with esperanza i you know that's an avenue i'm looking to go down um what i expect people to get from this um as i said before i wrote this 10 years ago a lot that's yeah. going on in the world today is happening in this story the illegal immigration issue the drug trafficking the pedophilia the human trafficking child trafficking child abductions um you know i don't want to get too much into you know secret societies and their connections yeah. to economics, to health, to business, to drug trafficking and all of that. And, you know, in the book, I have yeah. a crime syndicate that is kind of at that level where they're connected to everything. They got their hands in banking. They got their hands in drug trafficking. They got their hands in human trafficking. They got their hands in education, and politics. And with their profits and gain, they're kind of like pulling the strings and manipulating, you know, policies and other sub gangs and groups. So there's a lot of that in the book, a lot of it in the story, but at the surface of it, it's a story of hope. And it's two characters, yeah. right? an artist who is seeking redemption and trying to find hope in himself in the world and his art. And then you got Gabriella who's seeking hope of just living the dream, living a better life, which everyone, you know, that's the goal for everyone, yeah. I believe. I don't care what you do in life. Thing everyone wants to be is happy. How do you get happy? How do you turn yeah. you know, 
your life or the circumstances of the world that you're living within into a happy lifestyle. And, you know, it's frustrating because it's always like this, you know, you got life, your life, and the third one, the life you want to live. And they're always like, look at them going at it. And you go back to balance. How, how do you balance all that out? And, you know, my story touches upon a lot of that, you know, trying to find balance, trying to find the good in the darkest of times, and, you know, keep pursuing your dreams, keep pushing, keep yeah. going how difficult things can get. So through Esperanza, that's, you know, my goals to spread that message. Um, my second book in indie author's way, um, you know, a lot of the things we spoke about are in that book. I talk about my journey as a writer, talk about my philosophies, my thoughts. Um, I talk a lot about like as a writer, an aspiring writer. So, you know, I'm not sure. That's true if any of your listeners are writers or aspiring writers, but I get a lot into my methodology. Is my methodology as a writer perfect? Is it the best? No, maybe not. But for me, it, it was the best for me, best for me. So I share a lot of that in that book. So any aspiring writers out there, maybe, you know, there's something you can take from it. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I get into you know, a lot of details with my journey, people I met along the way. And, yeah. Uh, I guess you could say mentors and people who guided me in my writer's journey and you know, helped me get to where I am now. A lot, of, like, a lot of influences on me as far as like artists that I want to emulate, not be like, it's different. I, I, I don't believe in being like someone else. No, there's just one me. I want to be like me. I want to be Tommy Tudela. I want to be like anyone else. Yeah, there's, you know, this artist or this director or this person, you know, you know, there's something about them. I, I, I like that, but, and, you know, take, take a bit and, you know, turn it to my own, do myself, do my thing and just, you know, follow my own path. So, the, the, the name, my name is Michael Kai, but I have added just before, I mean, two days ago, I was focused on using the football because this is my background to kind of educate if I can, uh, as much as people possible, so the audiences of the football, because everybody, I mean, in the world, in every continent, football is really massively uh, uh, followed by, 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 by people, right? So it's kind of a tool that life has given to me to spread out a message of, that I call now, and this is the name of the podcast, Cura Personalis. And cura personalis is Latin, but it means the cure for everything. And I believe, and this is my journey, my spiritual journey along the football journey of mine. I have, uh, and, and, and listening to you, it's time now to, to talk about the cura personalis of yourself. Meaning that uh, me, it's football, it could be healing, it could be uh, 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 speaking, it could be whatever, maybe writing, you will write a book for me one day, I know. But what I, what, I, what I see in every people, and especially with you, Tommy, now, I believe that everybody is coming on earth to cure something that is personally need, to, need for, for his journey, for, for his future, in his life, and his other lives after. 
So uh, your, your Cura personalis, I'd like to know if you want to share that with us, what you have already healed as a spiritual being that you can then heal others with. Because Cura personalis means, okay, I have healed myself at that level so far in my life, so I'm ready now using football, using writing, using movies, using whatever tool to be the cura personalist for lots of people. So what will be your cura personalist for others that you really have the control of so far? It's very interesting and detailed question. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is that I, as a child growing up, was yes. very, very shy and quiet. I could be sitting at a table with two other people, three other people. You wouldn't even know I was there. That's how quiet and shy I was. I was the kid in class that teachers and students would mock for being quiet. What's wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. Are you a mute? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it used to get to me. Growing up, it was very, and I think that's where the weak mind mentality came from. It's from, you know, these people around me who won't shut the hell up talking. And then because I'm quiet, they, there's something wrong with being quiet? No, absolutely not. And then we get that. You know, quiet people get that label. Something's wrong with him. Something's not right with him. He's like the yeah. crazy person. Why is he so quiet all the time? He's like sneaky or this and that. And we get those bad labels. So anyone listening that's shy and quiet, I've been there. I know what it, it's like. It sucks. Right? It's a shit. You have to, you know, eat from people from the dirty looks, the, the, um, the comments and the sarcasm in their voice when they, when you do speak and they're like not really listening to when you do speak or they're, or they're like shocked like oh oh my god they speak oh i, I dealt with it all and part of my spiritual journey was who the fuck cares i really don't care i'm so out of that shell right now because as i said yeah. before if you allow the opinions of others or how they perceive you to interfere with your life and your journey you're screwed so i've gotten past that long ago that being scared of like speaking now and now, you know, it's funny. My wife jokes at me like, talk too much sometimes. I'm like, well, it never used to be like that, right? <laughs> well I, done. I, I enjoy it now. I'm not scared to go speak in front of an audience. I mean, and it's funny, you talk about like being put on certain life paths to grow. Well, I look at my background in soccer, very interesting. As a player, you're on the field and you can relate to this. When you're on the field, there's just something about athletes where you just, block everything out. There could be thousands of people in the stands but we're focused on the game. We're just focused on the game. And people could be saying the nastiest things to you. You don't even hear it. You, you're in the zone. You're in that yeah. zone and you're playing. As a quiet player, I got away with that because you didn't really have to speak much during the game. Yeah, you got to like talk to your teammates and, you know, speak to them to help each other out. But, you know, you're showing what you can do with your actions. Off the field, however, it was difficult for me to like socialize and you know interact with people. Very, very difficult. And then you know, I I believe what really helped me open up was um, getting into coaching soccer and working in the school system because now I'm in I'm in a position now where I'm forced to speak. Here's your team of 18 players. Talk to them. Here's your classroom of 20. Talk to them. You know, in the beginning, it was it was challenging. I, you know, I can't imagine like if I can go back to old players, students, and what the hell was I like? I must have 
probably messed up so many times, like saying things and speaking to people. But you learn and you grow from that. And I, I think being put in those settings, coaching soccer, standing in front of a class of students, helped me grow as a person because I'm very quiet and shy to not being scared to speak to people or groups of people and personally speak how I feel and not be afraid of my opinions and what I feel about because society or you know a group of people say this and if I'm speaking against it they're gonna be like oh no like I, I don't care like if you're saying something you disagree with or you don't you know find any interest in or you're offended by you have every right to feel that way but don't silence me now shut me up yeah. we're seeing a lot of that now with you know people yeah. speaking out out a lot you know on the internet and you know in person and it's challenging times but it's an eye-opener for many people where how can we live in a society where we can't openly discuss an issue without silence silencing the opposition i could care less what your political ideologies are what your beliefs are in religion i could care less you can believe whatever you want, do whatever you want politically, but as long as you don't harm someone or you're, you know, yeah. instigating harm upon others or violence, you know, take all that away. None of that. I, I don't advocate any of that, but you know, you can't silence people, let people speak their mind. You know, the opposition yeah. against like other opinions is, you know, not something I agree with, but it's funny because now, I'm at a time in my life where I'm open to speak my mind and talk and I can go on and on. And now this opposition is here silencing people. So now that's the next challenge. Well, a lot of things in Esperanza are very challenging against the, against the status quo and the normal and what's politically correct. I got a lot of the PC stuff from this book. I've actually been, you know, denied by advertisers because they don't want to advertise what's in my book. It's too PC, yeah. you know. Now that's the next challenge for me. I got out of that shell of being quiet and shy. I'm open to speak my mind and speak. Next challenge for me is, okay, how do I get past the censorship? How do I express myself as an artist, as a human being without being censored or, you know, denied access or silence, basically. So very, very interesting how you were sent here to learn something as human beings. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's one of the things I was sent here to do is learn how to, you know, speak your mind. You know, don't be afraid to speak, speak up, speak what's right. You know, express yes. yourself with words. Like I what, can what, say what, what, I, what I appreciate very much, and thank you to, to have expressed yourself with lots of uh, honesty and uh, being very truthful, but very importantly here, what I have noticed is that you were shy as a child, as a teenager, then you, soccer, college, arts, uh, 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 writer has obliged, obliged you to express yourself first in writing, now in speaking, Correct. Yeah. And well said. In, in express and your silence, like every people on earth, is silence at the minute when we speak the truth, right? So the luck here and the time and the patience that you were talking about 
is going to show not only you, but every people on earth because of your example that from being shy, I am, I am able now to speak the truth that we all know and I will teach you because I've done it myself before that you too have to express yourself, your opinion now in whatever you do if you want to stay alive. If you want, so I think that your 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 journey, your cura personalis, is really to because now you're ready to explain to others, and it will be not censored because it's positive. How you can do you also express yourself in doing, and you've done a lot of things different in doing sports, in doing arts, in doing movies, in doing writing, in doing speaking, in doing teaching, education, whatever you choose to do, here is the, the deal now, guys. I will teach you, me, Tommy Tutalo, I will teach you how you can and how you have to express yourself. This is your Cura Personalist, my friend, I believe. Tell me your thought on it. That's a good take on it. Um, I can see myself being put in a role or a setting where now I'm teaching people how to express themselves. And yeah, it's something I thought about. Um, funny because this year I was actually thinking about doing a few speaking events to promote my books. Unfortunately, yeah. COVID-19, that's been canceled. So now I got to yeah. find other avenues and this podcast is a blessing in disguise because now I can reach out to people speaking my, my message. But it's 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 your blessing. You're a blessing too, my post podcast too, because the kind of cura personalist that you represent and have already realized yourself is exactly what everybody on earth needs now. Yes. <laughs> they need to speak. Yes. They don't need to die anymore. This is their healing. Yes. So it's like first guest of mine, Tommy Tutalo, has healed himself of something that is a cura personalis everybody needs now. Yeah, I think you're, you're right with that. Um, you know, no one so expected the, this to happen around the world. And I feel as the, you were saying, sorry, the, go the, ahead. The, the, yeah, because I have, I have a, a missed something. I, I, I wanted to add something on it. Okay. Because you, you were talking about being censored, being silenced, you know, like a uh, lot like Brian Rose at the minute with David Icke. Um, yes. uh, so I understand that. But for life, what's important is, and I say it very humbly, you know, with lots of humility, life is asking us to talk about life, right? Not to talk about what people are doing with life. <laughs> and guess what? When we focus on the healing, which is all about life, life is a healer, and yourself, because of your journey, has got the real cura personalis for others to heal themselves the same with, with their help. So meaning, meaning that if you express yourself about your healing that you can provide because you've done it before 
to others, and it's really perfect timing, you will not be censored because how can you be censored when you try to tell what good happened to you that everybody else needs now? Yeah, tell no, me when I, agree. I agree 100%. Um, the censoring that happened with me, um, you know, based on content, I tried to advertise the book through an advertiser. They denied it because of what's in it. And a couple yeah. articles I tried pitching around, same thing. So as far as censorship, that's my experience with it. Um, I agree that human beings are going through a healing process now. And 2020 is a blessing in disguise. And not only human beings, but the earth itself. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people are aware that, you know, since everyone's been on lockdown and less people are traveling and going out around the world, you know, pollution has dwindled a bit. You know, air pollution, I guess, is the one people recognize the most. I remember seeing a couple of news feeds of cities in China and other manufacturing, you know, cities around the world where you can actually see the city now because the smog is gone. There's yeah. Nothing's been open. So I think the earth is also going through a healing process. And with healing processes, you go through some difficult times. Um, the earth is yeah. most likely to go through some natural changes. You may see more natural disasters around the world, but it's part of the healing process. And I think we're all going through that now. Our natural disasters are people might have lost their jobs during this, um, being locked up in the house all the time, you know, you know, some internal battles going on and people have to try to overcome that and find the healing through, you know, this time that we have where we can focus more on ourselves and our families. And I think that's the blessing yeah. in disguise is we now, we can't complain or make excuses about not having time to be with family or having time no. to put into your dreams or your craft, your home with nothing to do. Yes, we're in a period now where things have opened up, but at the very beginning of all this, I mean, there was a lot of panic and fear around the world, but I think the early people who were able to recognize, wait a minute, wait, this is a perfect opportunity for me to, to learn more, to grow, to pursue my dreams and excel in whatever I want to excel at. And I think a lot of wise people picked up on that right away from the very beginning. They didn't buy into the fear and the panic. And now, you know, I guess the late bloomers, whatever, um, now that things have opened up, a lot of people are now, you know, recognizing that from spring till where we are now. Where we go from here, who knows? There may be another lockdown. You can't predict that. I know, nobody knows what's going on, but like I said before, just be adaptable. Whatever happens, just be adaptable to what happens. It's not the strongest that survive in a while. It's the most adaptable. How are you going to adapt to the change? Yeah, we're back into you know normal life, somewhat normal life, but you know things can change for the better or worse from here. And you just got to be ready. Just got to be adaptable. So, if you want to teach something to the world, now we know what is it at least it is express yourself and speak your truth about your healing not about what others do or have done we don't care because they are done anyway <laughs> yeah no so, that's perfect way of putting it which is really as you said it's only my opinion but it's we are really lucky to be now alive on earth because this is the beginning 
for those who are going to speak their truth about their own cura personalis, their own healing process that is already done. So what you've done as a healing, you can teach it to others. You can then help others to heal the same way or even the fastest one. Talking about you and I, for example, we've been having 10 years to heal something, right? But now we, now we have the eyes and the speaking, the words to express the healing process of ours that is always a spiritual healing, isn't it? Now we can, I don't want to say sell it, but we can ask for a little money for a bunch of people to have the luck to heal themselves, not having to spend 10 years on it, just because we have done the job for them before. So if I go and in your journey, in your professional journey, imagine a movie, a book, a novel, a piece of art, whatever, a football game or a team, I don't know, that where you put together something that will explain how everything has helped you to not be shy anymore. Yeah, no, ideas like that play through my mind all the time. Um, a story or something that can, I can share to the world about what I went through, my experience. And yeah, I definitely have outlined and you know, took note and had thoughts of what kind of stories to take my experience, such as I guess what you brought up being shy and quiet, put it into a yeah. character or a setting and create something not only like fun and entertaining, but something you're going to learn from to, you know, open up and not be afraid to speak and, you know. Yeah, for, to me, for example, me, I know you're a copywriter. I know you can write book uh, uh, for someone. So for example, if I want to work with you, uh, um, what are the different services uh, that you can offer to me? Talking about book, about, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, doing movie, how, how do you, what, what your services are like for someone like me who wants to write his own book, for example, because I have my story, but I never took the time to write it, uh, or even uh, create a, a, a fantastic movie on soccer because you like soccer. Uh, I, 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 would, I would love to think about it with you. So if, if someone wants to work with you that way, talking about movie and writing, because this is what you want to do, what, they, what do they have to do? <laughs> Tell me. Just not be afraid to contact me. It's okay. I'm not going to bite. I'm you know, very open <laughs> to collaborating. I'm actually, I have been collaborating with a video game maker since earlier in the year. And he contacted me to write a story, a book about his video game, which I finished a couple months ago. So it's ah. a side project that, you know, you know, not really talking about now, but that I've been working on that I completed and we're now going through the yeah. publishing process, but I'm very open to collaborate. Um, services I have on my website, some, you know, writing consultant services. If you need me to do some proofreading, some editing, if you are an aspiring writer, you know, I can walk you through the process, what to expect, um, you know, 
what works best for you as far as like your schedule and your writing style and trying to, you know, work with the person to see, you know, what works best for them. That's my philosophy as far as teaching writing and the craft is I'm not going to force upon you. This is how I did it. This is how you're going to do it. No, my philosophy is I want to learn who you are, what works for you, and then take my knowledge and see, all right, how can we fill in the gaps and make this work for you? So I do offer, you know, consultant for writing, writing services, editing, proofreading. Um, if there's someone yeah. who wants to collaborate in any way, write a book together, screenplay, yeah. do a movie together. If you want to do some gardening or build a house, hit me up. I, I'm very open. I'm in North Jersey. I have no problem collaborating with someone and, you know, doing different things. I'm just a very open person and very and we, approachable. We, we, we contact you on your website. You you have your Facebook, Tommy Tutalo Facebook too. You're you're on Instagram. You have a LinkedIn. Yes. And yeah. That's it. So the, the the best way for you co to contact me if you are interested in you know collaborating or working with me, uh, LinkedIn's my go-to social media platform. So LinkedIn. you can contact me on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Check out my profile. My email's in my profile. You can email me at tommytutalo at gmail.com. Um, like I said before, you can visit my website, which is basically just gives you a, a rundown of my services. Um, I've been my, email, my email is there, so you can email me. And take a look at my Instagram page. Um, I you know, have a lot on there. Read Actually read what goes with the pictures. I don't think a lot of people do that on Instagram but I do write some thought provoking things with the pictures I post. And there, there is a lot of meaning, meaning behind those posts that I do on Instagram and on my website and on LinkedIn, you can find all my articles to get a feel for, you know, how I write and, you know, the style of writing I do. So, so, so he, yeah, I'm open, he, just I, feel free, shoot me an email. Yeah, to, to me, uh, 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 as a conclusion, uh, if you had a magical stick, because you're a bit like me. You've been in soccer. I mean, you still are in soccer, right? Correct. Right. Yep. Uh, so if you had a magical stick, what you would love to do for the 40 years coming in the, with the football, with the soccer industry? I mean, what, what, what would be ideally something you would have dreamt to do uh, uh, with, with the game, the football, and everything that you have understood in life? Um, now, off the top of my head is, number one, share my knowledge to the new generation. Um, yeah. you know, my old school style and philosophy, yeah. share with them so they can incorporate that into their generation of soccer, which is a different style of play. They play faster, and it's a different game. So to find yeah. players and students of the game who want to learn from my experience and share that with them, you know, forever be yeah. an ambassador of the game, promote the game of soccer and, you know, mm. the most beautiful game in the world that unites all of humanity and just share my love of the game and enjoy games you, I still play. You do know. you know how to juggle? You, you still know how to juggle, obviously, no? Yes, I can still juggle. One thing I learned about soccer is you never lose your skill but your physicality, that dwindles a bit. So I went from playing a scrappy, you know, offensive midfielder forward to playing defensive back, outside back, and actually became a smarter player by having to sit back. And now I can yeah. see the whole field. I'm not up top with my back, you know, to most yeah. of the field. So it's, it's interesting. 
And then the other thing I would like to see with the game of soccer is, you know, the, you know, American soccer has battled with soccer not being the dominant sport and just, you know, see that yeah. American soccer finds its style of play and its coaching style that something that works, that doesn't constantly change and develop a national team that can win a World Cup. I would like to see USA win a World Cup before I die. So that'd be nice. Do, do, do you think you, you, do you think you may be born to do it? Because next to win with the US national team, the World Cup, because you don't have to qualify for next one. In 2026, it will happen in your country. <laughs> so you have That's a chance. True. So <laughs> I, I got to get out there and start running. I got to get back in shape. That's the biggest thing. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know your age yet, but I was not thinking about something else as a player. I was thinking about you coaching, partnering eventually, doing a movie, becoming a, I mean, the, the, the soccer artist, writer, specialist in USA. And yeah, then, no. you see what I mean? I, I, yeah, I, I, I got you now. Um, how can I utilize soccer in the arts and, and get ready for the World Cup? Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I really want to do, I've been outlining and taking note on is, you know, document the season with my college that we won the national championship with and working with those guys and Fantastic. coming up with something, try to come up with something. It's been, you know, spoken about, you know, thrown in the mix. That's a project or, you know, try to do a real raw soccer film. One that's not animated or dramatic. One where a soccer player such as yourself and me will look at this film and be like, that's, that's how it is. That's how the game is. That's how the players live their life. That's their mentality. You just gave me the idea, I think. And thank you to have joined my podcast, my friend. Really, I think that we are going to play in USA, you know, the subtle way. We're, we are going to say, because this is what you want to do, that we, are, we want to film from A to Z, the whole 50 best players of the USA national team for four years from even six years, you know, from, two, from now to 2026, a six years project and for in their World Cup. And so we'll put a movie together. I mean, you'll be doing the movie. I don't know how to do the movie. Yes. Uh, and we can really help them, you know, at every levels of your knowledge, my knowledge, to make sure that they, 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 it will happen something with their, with their soccer. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a brilliant idea. And like I said, I'm very open to collaborate. Like it. Love it. And I'm no. sure the French, are, the French are excited about the World Cup because they got to defend their championship. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know yet that, but um, yeah, I, we will talk about it later. But yes. I'm happy because the Cura Personalis podcast of mine that you'd be, you have been the first, and thank you very much, the first ever guest of that podcast history will be you for sure. So it, it is, it's like Sebastian Letou in Philadelphia Union. He 
is the first signed player of the new Philadelphia Union franchise in 2009, who has scored a hat-trick and the first goal of that Philadelphia Union franchise for a first win of that team too. And like him, you are the first ever guest of the Cura Personalis that you just, and thank you very much, explained to us. For us to use it, maybe in, in your passion as a sport, the soccer, for your nation to excel and to play like real artists the game. And I can really help you and we can have a, a fantastic uh, fun doing it and, and make it win, make it happen. You, we will, we will uh, enjoy it. So I will, I will say thank you and I, and I really uh, have enjoyed my time with you and uh, I believe you, we have become in one hour and a half friends already. And more than that, thank you very much to have been the first Cura Personalis explained on my podcast and shared to others. And maybe for us to do something in big for the football industry, the soccer industry in USA. Because the way you're thinking, the way I'm sure you were playing, the way you are coaching, the way you've, you've, you, you've written already books, novels, if the football national team and its players in USA are playing their game like you've played yours, they will win the 2026, if not before, the World Cup. That's the plan. Um, yeah, um, thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Um, had a wonderful You're time welcome. speaking to you, the different topics and everything. Um, for those of you listening, um, this is my first book, Esperanza. Yeah, great. Thank you to share Second book. An indie author's way, and recently published Modest Marine. All of them can be found on Amazon.com. As I said before, the reality is, I have to sell books to make this a living and spread my message, and you know, continue to do what I do. So your support will be, you know, much appreciated for those listening, and you know, spread the word so. to others. That's great. Thank you very much for this sharing and for those great books. And uh, this is the beginning of a of a very real journey of uh, spiritual transformation owners and you'll, you'll be a big part of it, I'm sure. Absolutely, I appreciate it, thank you. Tommy, say thank you to your wife, Gabriela, because this happened because of her connection. So thank you to her, thank you to you, and uh, uh, we, we'll talk about the journey uh, next and uh, obviously I will invite you or, uh, uh, in a few weeks, few few months, when when it's going to be perfect timing. But hopefully you will say yes for a second time. Yes, absolutely. I'm open. I'm all game. Appreciate it very much. So thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Bye. You too. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.